One day when heaven was filled with His praises One day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin Dwelt among men, my example is He The Word became flesh and the light shined among us His glory revealed Oh, living He loved me Dying He saved me Buried He carried My sins far away And rising He justified Freely forever And one day He's coming Oh, glorious day Oh, glorious day Calvary's mountain and one day they nailed him to die on a tree suffering anguish despised and rejected bearing our sins my Redeemer is he the hands that healed nations stretched out on a tree and they took the nails for me Oh, living He loved me Dying He saved me Buried He carried My sins far away And rising He justified Freely forever And one day He's coming Oh, glorious day Oh, living He loved me Freely forever And one day He's coming Oh, glorious day Oh, glorious day One day the grave could Conceal Him no longer and one day that stone rolled away from the door and then he arose over death he had conquered and now is ascended my lord evermore death could not hold him nor the grave could not keep him from rising again oh living he loved One day 
the trumpet will sound for his coming one day the skies with his glory will shine wonderful day my beloved one bringing my savior jesus is mine living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins fall rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day oh glorious Messiah 
ask you for sinners. He's the ransom from heaven. Jesus Messiah. He's Lord of all. His body the bread and blood the wine. It was broken and poured out all for love. The whole earth trembled and the veil was torn. His love so amazing. Love so amazing. Yeah. Jesus Messiah is the name above all
What's rightfully mine So walk through the fire Wade through the flood Rise up in power You're washed in the blood Keep fighting on I've already crossed Your victory line Thus saith the Lord of hosts Thus saith the Lord, I'll pour my spirit on all flesh, unlock prison doors. I will provide the grace you need abundantly more. I am the word, behold, you've heard the saying the Lord. Well, it's not by might, neither by power, 
but by my spirit answers are found when you believe that which you speak I will pour out if you say mountain be thou removed my faith it will crumble and come down for you you will stand all conquering all with a victory shout thus saith the Lord of hosts thus saith the Lord I'll pour my spirit on all flesh unlock prison doors I will provide the grace you need abundantly more I am the word behold you heard thus saith the Lord my child fear not for you are redeemed and I have called you by my name make no mistake evil can't take what's rightfully mine so walk through the fire, wade through the flood, rise up in power, you're washed in the blood. Keep fighting on, I'm already that cross, your victory line. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, thus saith the Lord. I'll pour my spirit on the flesh, Unlock prison doors. I will provide the grace you need abundantly more. I am the word. Lord departed the sea. I am the soil.
God has spoken, let the church, let the church say amen. Make this your response to whatever he says, to the healing of your body, to the raising of the dead. No matter how you're feeling, how your world is reeling, battle through the night, cause you're gonna win the fight, even in the desert, or at your Red Sea, continue to say, God has spoken, let the
cold inside and to think just for you on a cross someone died do you know how it feels when he knocks to surrender have your sins washed away never to be remembered and know that it's real tell me do you know how it feels how does it feel to know you're a child of the king your heavenly father owns everything how does it feel to know you are loved by the one who created the stars up above how does it feel to know you're all right when you lay your head on your pillow each night and know that it's real tell me do you know how it you've been changed and it seems that the whole world has been rearranged do you know how it feels wherever you're wrong you still get the feeling you're not at home knowing heaven is real tell me do you know how it feels how does it feel to know you're a child of the king your heavenly father owns everything how does it feel to know you are loved by the one who created the stars up above? How does it feel to know you're alright when you lay your head on your pillow each night and know that it's real and it's good to know how it feels? Oh yes, do you know how it feels when your cold heart is melting? start to flowing the moment you felt it do you know how it feels to know you've been changed and it seems that the whole world has been rearranged do you know how it feels wherever you're on you still get the feeling you're not at home knowing heaven is real ain't it good to know how it feels how does it feel to know you're a child of the king your heavenly father owns everything how does it feel to know you are loved by the one who created the stars up above how does it feel to know you're all right when you lay your head on your pillow each night and know that it's real tell me do you know how it feels ain't it good to know how it feels we'll try not to to keep you too awful long i uh this message is going to be hard in, in some aspects uh but i pray that you would uh accepted in the love that it's given in uh it's what god gave me i i uh it's been a rough week for everybody i i don't know if all of you had the week that i've had but every time the phone rang it's been one catastrophe after another this week my brother-in-law uh probably get to come home in kentucky today which is thank god a miracle and uh, uh when he got sick i started to call dj and uh, tell DJ, I was thinking, I'll call DJ and, and we'll get on down there because uh, 
a lot of other things, a lot of baggage with that sickness and family, you know how families are, they quarrel and so forth and so on, but I thought, well, I better go back down there. We'd been down there for four days, and I thought, well, I better go back down there, and, and uh, as I was thinking on that and getting ready to call him, uh, I heard that still, small voice, and uh, basically what God said was, you take care of the ministry, I'll take care of that, and uh, so many times we come in here on Sundays, we've got our minds on everything else. What we want to do or what we have to do or so forth and so on. But today is an opportunity for those of you that don't know Jesus that may or may not be presented again. I, I want to read you, uh, this come to my mind uh, <clears throat> uh, this past week. I was talking to somebody and uh, you know everything that God has is available to us except one thing. He has the ability to do with you anything he wants to do, but he will not exercise that ability over your free will. You, and therefore, we, 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 we hear people say all the time, I can't believe a loving God would send anybody to hell. God does not send one person to hell. They go by their own choice. If you're under the sound of my voice in here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are hell-bound, whether you realize it or not. I want you to understand that this morning. I don't want to be responsible for withholding on this medicine, medicine, message anything. You are a creature that has already been judged at Calvary as being worthy of eternal death. Now, God has the ability to deliver you, but he will not deliver you in violation of your free will. You can become a Christian today. You can have light where darkness was. You can have liberty where bondage is. You can have freedom where there is no freedom, but you will do it because you're willing to accept Jesus Christ or not. You, if you reject him, you go back out of here worse. Listen to this. When you, every time that you reject Jesus Christ or an offer for salvation, you go back out of the door in worse shape than you were when you came in, and your spirit is a little bit harder than it was when you came in. Now this is serious business here today. I'm not in this to play games. And I'm probably going to preach harder to you than I ever have. But I want to read you a verse of scripture that just tears, just tears at me. In Jeremiah, the 21st chapter, let, let me go to the, the uh, verse 8. And unto this people thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Israel was told time and time and time again, Choose this day whom you shall serve. I want to, and, and when God dealt with me this week, uh, I thought, Lord, uh, I've preached salvation, and I've preached salvation, and I've preached salvation. I don't have any other message. There is no other message. We, we, we see these people that are lifting up great ministries out there, but the message of the church, the message of the pulpit for all the pain and the anguish and the misery that's in this world, our country is in an absolute mess. The message is the cross of Christ. Our families are in a mess. Divorce is greater in the church than it is in the world today. But the answer is Christ. Right, amen. 
The only answer is Jesus Christ. Amen. And as I thought on these things about what to preach, it kept coming to my mind, the Holy Spirit, and he drove it home like a jackhammer. He just kept it at to me. You must be born again. They that are born of the flesh must be born of the Spirit. You must be born again. If you're not born again, you will die in eternal damnation. You'll never see light, and you'll suffer and suffer and suffer worlds without end. You say, preacher, you're being awful hard. I'm telling you, this ain't no game. Amen. This ain't no game. I don't know why God has kept me around all these years. I'm glad he has, but I want to tell you something here today and go on record in my own voice. I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm ready not because of what I've done, not because of who I am, not because of where I go to church, not because I'm an American. I'm going to heaven because 2,000 plus years ago, a man named Jesus Christ went to an old rugged cross, bled out, and gave up his life that I might have life and liberty throughout eternity. I wasn't worth saving, and I hate to bust your bubbles, but most of you are not worth saving either. I'm not that pretty. Think about it. A slow crowd today, DJ. It's a slow crowd. And I'm not that dainty. I want you to understand this morning that I love you, but Jesus Christ loves you more. I cannot take and heal blinded eyes. And if you're here this morning and don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're blind. You are blind. If you're here this morning and don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're suffering from an incurable disease. All the doctors in the world cannot cure that disease. It's sin. It's an old hard heart that cannot be reached, it cannot be touched, and if it's not broken and replaced by the heart and the mind of Christ in your life, it'll get harder and harder and harder until you face eternal damnation because of it. Say, preacher, you're being awful hard this morning. Let me tell you something here this morning. And I say this without fear of rebuke or without fear of favor this morning. There's a lot of us as Christians need our hearts broke again. We need to become more compassionate for a lost and dying world out there around us. We need to become more of what Jesus wanted us to be, not what we want to be or what the church thinks we ought to be. We ought to be what Jesus wants us to be. What Jesus wants you to be, just what he was and is. He wants you, when you see somebody suffering, he wants you to suffer with them. When you see somebody hurting, he wants you to hurt with them. When you see somebody lost, he wants you to grieve for their souls before the throne of Almighty God. I don't do that like I used to. I'll be the first to admit it. Listen to some of these words that he said in Ephesians. Chapter 1. Think about this. Paul said he's an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God 
to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According as he hath chosen us to him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You cannot be before God and without blame until you come into the love of Jesus Christ that was demonstrated at the cross of Calvary. Everything goes back to the cross. Everything comes forward to the cross from the Old Testament. You are what you are and all you can ever be through the blood that was shed at Calvary. Amen. I didn't come in here for that this morning, preacher. I just want to spend my hour and a half in church and go home and watch my football game or watch my television or go to old Charlie's or someplace. I didn't bargain for all this. You know, I thought when you become a preacher, everybody liked you. <laughs> I didn't bargain for all this, DJ. Let me give you a newsflash. I thought when I became a Christian that everybody would love me. Most of them did before I got saved. Think about this. The world loves its own. The world don't like Christians. Our country that we live in here today will tell you that the problem we've got today is the old King James Bible and fundamental preachers. <laughs> but God said, seek you first the kingdom of God. And after that, all these things will be added to you. Amen. Our nation became great and became powerful and became what it was as long as it was preaching Jesus Christ. Today we don't preach Christ, even in some of the mainline denominations. They'll tell you it's all right. Just go your way. That's all in your mind. Don't believe all that stuff that these preachers is trying to tell you. But if you'll read Fox's Book of Martyrs, you'll find out that a lot of those old timers that was there when people died without the help of drugs, they died without being put under by hospice. They died without any hope whatsoever before the hangman or before the fire that was burnt, they would testify of one of two things. They would either testify that they felt the fires of hell consuming them or that they seen the glory of the risen Savior. Amen. Don't have to believe it. You can read it for yourself. You're not worth being saved. I wasn't worth being saved. Somebody would probably have shot me, but I wasn't worth eight cents for a shotgun shell. 
I could tell you stories this morning make your hair stand on end. Why do you preach salvation so much, preacher? Because I know what happened to me when Jesus Christ came into my heart. I know what happened to my family when Jesus Christ came into my heart. I know what happened to my children when Jesus came into heart. The only regret that I have is that I did not accept Christ sooner and live a life of more glory to Him. I better not say that. Some of you young people here are <coughs> getting to the age where you're thinking about matrimony and you're thinking about a lot of other things. Some of you are thinking about things you don't need to be thinking about. But let me tell you something. If you think that you love somebody before you're saved, you cannot imagine what happens in your heart after the love of Christ gets into your heart. Amen. It's inexplainable or explicable, whichever you pronounce it. God did not choose me because of my command of the English language, I can tell you that. <laughs> I mess up words, I turn them around backwards. I want to see some people get saved this morning. I'm not their judge. But you've listened to the gospel, and you've listened to the gospel, and you've listened to the gospel to the point that where you don't feel anything anymore. You don't feel any conviction. Well, I want to change, but I just don't feel like it right now, preacher. I want to do this, but I just don't feel like it now, preacher. Oh, if I would go this morning and get saved, I can't go do the things that I do. Uh, if I get saved this morning, I, I'd have to be in church all the time. Does all these people come all the time? <laughs> if church attendance was a recommendation for salvation, we would all be in trouble. Amen. Church attendance has nothing to do with your salvation. Right. It's good for you. <coughs> Excuse me, I do not want to knock it. It's good for you. You need to attend church. You need to uh, attend Sunday school. You, you need to, 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 to be involved with fellowship with your brothers and sisters. But it won't save you. Well, I know of one lady here that uh, <clears throat> she just got her driver's license. And I know of a couple more that are getting close to getting them. <clears throat> and uh, I just, uh, I'm thinking about taking different roads. Uh, I know one lady, uh, I was talking to her, and she said, well, I really don't care nothing about dogs. I don't think much of people either, so I really don't want to meet her on the road when she's upset. <laughs> you know, it was good-natured. But I know others that are kinder, gentler spirits that are going to get their driver's license. But a driver's license won't save you. As a matter of fact, a driver's license will prevent, present more temptations from the world than you experience now. Getting married won't solve your problems. You say, oh, preacher, I, I, if, if I could just get this woman or if I could just get this man, I know that it would satisfy all the needs that I have and it would make my life this and make my... Honey, you ain't never had misery till you start trying to adjust the first few years you're married. 
He's, he was bragging on Vicky making 40 years hunt. Vicky's just getting started. <laughs> Me and Wanda's been married 54 with God's help and grace and mercy. And I want to tell you something. The first 11 years was a nightmare for her, and I don't remember much of it. But if God had not put that woman in my life, I would be dead and in hell today because I was riding a fast train to nowhere. Say, well, preacher, I want God to put somebody in my life like that. Let me ask you this. Would you recognize them if they walked into the room? What makes you think that the death of Jesus Christ cannot convince you that a woman or a man in your life could? What makes you think that a better job can improve? Well, I'd have more money. Let me tell you something about money. It goes as fast as it comes in. Amen. 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 And you know what? Every time I get a handful of money, I just look for a way to get rid of it. And if I don't get rid of it, and I don't give God what He wants out of it, it goes and I have to pay interest on it. The same thing happens in our lives. God has a will for your life. He has a will for my life. I fought the baptism of the Holy Ghost for I don't know how long because I didn't want God telling me what to do. And some of you today don't want to be a Christian because you don't want God telling you what to do. That preacher can't tell me what to do. That church can't tell me what to do. That government can't tell me what. No, nobody can tell you what to do. And you're going to go to heaven, but, or go to hell, but you'll have your own will to blame for it. I don't want a soul to go out of here this morning that's going to be able to point a finger at this old country preacher and say he never told me the truth. I will not, by the grace of God, answer for the blood that's upon you. I don't want it on my account. Amen. Ezekiel said if you don't tell them the truth, their blood will be required of you. God told Ezekiel that. The truth is that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. The truth is that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our salvation. The truth is that Jesus died on an old rugged tree for your sins and my sins. The truth is that He stands at the right hand of the Father right now, ever ready to make intercession for you and I. The truth is, if you will accept it, He will change your life. Don't worry about them teeth, they're paid for. <laughs> Won't be the first time I spit them out. <laughs> See, that's embarrassing, preacher. Maybe for you, it don't bother me a bit. <laughs> I've had them too long. They're like an old friend. <laughs> Ain't it good to come into the house of God where you can fellowship and know that you can love one another without trying to worry about whatever thing is said or whatever thing is done. You say, oh, preacher, every time I come in, somebody preaches at me. Ain't it nice that Jesus loves you that much? Amen. Isn't it wonderful that God loves you that much? 
Isn't it wonderful that God would put that kind of burden on somebody else's heart that they want to see you saved and have a better life. They want to see you come out of darkness into the light of God's love. They want to see you have resurrection in your spirit, in your body, have resurrection in your walk, have resurrection in your talk, have the holiness of God about you and a light that shines at other people in the world. Say there's something different about them. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus. Oh, I wouldn't mind having that Holy Ghost, but I don't want to go to Calvary. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Grace will never be applied unless you go to Calvary first. All things. Eternal life. Everything is purchased. And bought back from the devil at Calvary. May I take a sip? This is water. Down in Kentucky, you never know. Let me tell you how the devil will trick you. I was about 12 or 13 years old. I went into a man's house. And 14, I run around with his son all the time. I won't tell you where it was at. Some of you might know him. But... Uh, I said, I want a drink of water. I went in there. They said, it's in the refrigerator. I ran in. There was a cup sitting there. It had this liquid in it. It looked like water to me. And I, ever since I've been around, Larry, I've heard him tell me, oh, that Kentucky moon and that Georgia moon, that is so smooth. <laughs> that is so smooth. You'll just love that. I grabbed that glass or what it was thinking that was water and I turned that up and got about three big swallows out of that loo and I thought somebody had set a rocket off in my throat and it went down it hit the bottom of my stomach I felt it turn over and it went over and over and over I thought they had poured me acid in a cup it's my first and last taste of moonshine don't let the devil tell you that all these things out here in the world, your body is in revulsion against the things uh, uh, that are damn your soul. Your body will revulse at the first taste of whiskey. It don't want it. You have to learn to drink. You have to learn to smoke. Uh, you have to learn to commit uh, adultery and these different sins that are out here. You have to learn to lie. They're all part of the sin nature, and the more you practice it, the better you get at it, and the harder that your heart gets to be broken over it. Amen. I once was a thief, a liar, and a cheat. You could not believe one word that I said, because if I was talking... I was thinking about a way of hooking you for something. Hey man, that's the way I got. I'm telling you, I didn't start out like that. I was a good, rosy-cheeked, beautiful little boy. Why are you laughing? Oh, the years, the years, the years. I'm telling you this this morning because... I have no other words to say other than the fact that I love you. You mean a lot to me. But you don't mean more to me than Jesus. Amen. 
I want you to understand that this morning. This is a love sermon. You may not think about it, but this is a love sermon. I love you with a passion, but I don't love you with the passion of Jesus. The Bible said a good man might die for some, or one might die for a good people, but Jesus died for the ungodly, the unholy, and the unrighteous. He died for the dregs of the earth. He died for the people that you want to speak to out there on the street. He died for the man that's living on us. I came by a guy down here this morning, and it just made my heart break. He's sitting out there in a chair with his head all hanged down and had a cigarette in his hand. And I thought, I wonder if that guy's homeless. I couldn't get to him. He was on that six lane. There on Sunday morning, this gentleman's sitting there. He may be homeless. He may be lost. But then again, he might know Jesus Christ as his Savior. I have met Jesus out here on these highways in some of the strangest places. I've heard his voice speaking through the radio at night by somebody testifying of him. I've, I've seen tracks left in places that you wouldn't imagine tracks. I had a friend of mine. He'd get out here on, on the highways. He'd stop in the truck stop, and he'd make a dive for the pornographic stuff that's on the shelves. And he would go in there, and he would hide tracks. I could just imagine somebody buying Playboy or Esquire or one of them, and they open it up and read it, and here comes a track falling out. <laughs> you know. He would go in the bathroom, unroll the toilet paper, put the tracks inside the roll and roll it back up. <laughs> we'll never know until we get to glory how much good those done. God moves in mysterious ways. His wondrous works to perform. He's moving here this morning. He's been moving. The whole service has centered around Jesus Christ this morning. Why? Because God has a plan for your life. You say, oh, preacher, my dreams are not what they used to be. Forget your dreams and let Jesus give you new ones. My life's not the way I want to get it. I want to get a few things. You know, I had a friend of mine. I'm not going to call his name. He's still alive. I talked to him here a while back, and I think he's finally going to church. But I, I talked to him, and he said, uh, when I get done drinking, and when I can quit these cigarettes, and when I can quit this and quit doing that, he said, then I'm going to come to church. He said, I want to come to church. If you could quit them, Jesus died in vain. My brother-in-law down there in the hospital in Harlan, I can remember when he first started smoking. Say, oh, preacher, going to preach against smoking? No, I'm just telling you a story. He told me, he said, I, I said something to him because I've had so much trouble with my lungs and stuff. And he said, uh, oh, I, I don't smoke that many. He said, I can quit any time I want to. He said, I only smoke uh, one or two a day. I said, it'll get worse. <coughs> no, no, he said, I've got control of it. Here it is now. He's in the hospital with pneumonia. He needs to get off them cigarettes. He's smoking probably two packs, three packs a day now. You see, the devil does not stay some little imp in your character. That little white lie that you tell today will become a bald-faced lie, and it'll, come, it'll get worse and worse and worse, and the lies will get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then when you can't tell no bigger lies, you'll get deceitful around the lies. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, I never tell a lie. I'll let you think about that for a minute. He told me, he said, I'm too lazy to lie. He said, you've got to think when you lie. He said, you've got to remember what you said. 
Well, I must not be a liar because I can't remember half what I say anymore. tell you one more little story and Lord willing we'll think about closing. A few weeks back I started thinking I turned 74 years old by God's grace and only by His grace that I've made it this far. But I remember thinking they're going to stick me in one of them boxes and they're going to put me down there And everybody's going to say this and think that and dress me this way and dress me that way. Well, I think I'm going to trick them. If Jesus don't come, I'm thinking about preaching my own funeral and putting it on tape. Now you think about that just a minute. Whether you realize it or not, we're all preaching our own funerals right now. But I'm thinking about literally doing it. I might even have a good word in there for you. (laughs) Say, could you do that, preacher? The Bible says I can. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Only believe. Only believe. Listen to what he says here in the second chapter of Ephesians. I know it's old and it's old and it's old and you've heard it and you've heard it and you've heard it. He said, even when, the fifth chapter, verse, second chapter, when we were dead in sins, hath quick, let's go back up to the fourth, but God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When my father-in-law died, it broke my heart. It hurt me worse, I guess, than uh, anything that I had been through up to that time. And as I came walking back down from the cemetery, I broke down and I bawled like a baby. For you see, I had lost my best friend. He loved me when I was unlovable. He would tell my wife to stick it out. He would always say something good to me, and he always had a hug ready for me. And he kept telling my wife, if you'll stay with him, he'll make you a husband one of these days. That's my father-in-law talking to a man that wouldn't even work and feed his own family. My dad was feeding my family at that time. My dad gave my wife an old car to get around in that if you stood up in the back seat, you were standing on the ground. But her husband could go up and get drunk and stay gone for weeks at a time. But my father-in-law saw something that I couldn't see in myself. And I want to see that in you here this morning. I want to see that hope that there is for you through Jesus Christ. Even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. And he's raised us up to sit together 
in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. And faith is a word that's so misused and so abused today that it's absolutely pitiful. It means just believe what God says. Believe it and apply it. Believe it and apply it. And that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In John, the third chapter, DJ already quoted part of them, so I'm not going to do that. I want you to read, or listen, read with me this third chapter and start the first, ver- first few verses. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Demas. He was a ruler of the Jews. The Bible says he came to Jesus by night, said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. God wasn't with him. He was God. He is God, Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, this is a strange way to answer him. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind blows where it lists, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And Jesus goes on to him with him down there in the concourse. And finally, Nicodemus is one of those that came and bagged the body of Jesus at the cross. You don't know here this morning if you will accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Or you will come back and ask God for a deeper, richer walk with him than you've ever had before. What God can do with your life. You do not know. I remember coming back from California one time. We got to talking on the radio on the CBs. Yeah, I know they're ungodly as ungodly can be, but they can be used for good. Just like a car can be used to rush somebody to the hospital or it can be used to run over somebody. Or you can hunt with a gun and bring food in for your family or you can shoot and kill somebody. So don't start that worldly argument with me about these things. But we're coming across the interstate out of St. Louis, Missouri, down there on 64, and I get to talking, and uh, got to talk to this one guy, and he was backslid. He was driving for Yellow Transit. I never will forget that. We pulled over on the side of the highway, right there in the middle of all that traffic on the back of that trailer, we made an altar, and he gave his heart back to the Lord Jesus Christ. By the time we got to Marion, Indiana, and we stopped at a truck stop over there, there was like seven or ten of us that all came in and ganged around that table and had us a little prayer meeting in that truck stop. You don't know what God's going to do with your life. 
Later on, we left that truck stop, and two of us came on across 64. And just as we got to the hill coming down into uh, uh, Louisville, we stopped on the side of the road. This one boy was there. He was, a child. he was one of seven children. His dad was a preacher and a pastor in Minnesota. One of seven children. He's Pentecostal, raised Pentecostal. And we stopped, and we had prayer together for safety of the trip. And I told him, I said, if you come back through, I said, give me a call and stop at the house. Well, that weekend, he come back, and he called me. He went to church with all of us. We had a good time. And he told me, he said, Bill, after we stopped and had that prayer, he said, the Lord moved down there just at the bottom of that hill. He said, I was going to be in a terrible wreck. And he said, God moved. You don't know what God plans for your life. The last that I talked to him, he was doing good. He was in Minnesota. He had a, a job as a sheriff up there, and he, he had married a nurse, and he, he was going to church and active in church, and, and God had moved and worked. Those are just some of the things. But what does God want to do with you this morning? Is your mind in here this morning on Jesus Christ, or is it on what you want to do? Are you saved by grace, or do you think you're saved because you did it? Are you kept by faith, or are you kept because you come to church and you just do go through the mannerisms and go through all of these? Well, I come to church, preacher, because I, uh, I like to teach. I like to do this. I like to do that. I, one reason or another, uh, uh, it's, it's amazing how many times you hear of, of pastors tell about deacons that have been in their church for years, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God gets a hold of them. They're holding the office of deacon, but they've never been saved. Are you here this morning holding a job? doing something, but you've never really truly committed your life. You say, preacher, you're really getting hard this morning. Let me tell you something. I'm not playing games this morning. God wants to do something with His church, but we've got to become willing vessels for the Spirit of God to move in our life. The answer for our problems is not out there in the world with psychiatrists. It's not out in our jobs. It's not in any of these things. The answer for our problems is in our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Do you realize what an attack that your family is under this morning? And in many instances, you don't even know it. If the federal government could have their way this morning, they would walk in here and close this church down. The answer to the gay problem, and I talked to somebody the other day, they was fussing a cat and got in a trailer down there and died. Yeah, I'm a big deal. I'm not a big cat lover, can you tell? It wouldn't have made no difference to me if it had been a dog. It wouldn't make no difference to me if it had been a horse. It's an animal. I love my animals, okay? But this lady, our boss, she was throwing a fit over this because somebody had closed the door and left the cat in the trailer. They didn't know it was in there. They're wild cats. They just, they get wherever they want to get. So she's, she's quarreling about us, giving us down the road over closing these doors. Don't close on no doors on no traders that's been sitting here with the doors. Don't, don't close no doors. I said, you know, everybody in this country is a fussing and a raising cane all over about this line that somebody shot over there. You know, and I said, all this fuss over a cat. I said, what about them 50-some million babies that's been aborted? End of conversation. She never said another word. You can't do away with abortion by law. Did you know that? 
You can't stop the gays by law. You can't stop the doctors that are practicing and doing these things by making it against the law. The only answer for sin is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You can't law morality. You, you can't make your husband be a, a true to you by making a law that says thou shalt not commit adultery. We've seen that. It's in the book, honey. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus, or God gave it to Moses on the mountain. It didn't stop adultery. Thou shalt not steal. It didn't stop stealing. And it came directly from the hand of God, roped by the finger of God. There's only one thing and that's Jesus Christ Amen. and Him crucified. Majestic, please. And Heather, if you please. Amen. I'm not going to stand up here this morning and labor an altar call and try to bag you and bag you and bag you to get saved this morning. Let me tell you something. If I can bag you in, the devil can bag you out. But if you come of your own free will and give your life to God through Jesus Christ, through the forgiveness of sins, all the devils in hell cannot make you backslide or go to hell. You can be a Christian. You can stay a Christian. You don't have to live in a life of Christian poverty. You can live in the richness and the fullness of Jesus Christ through the blood that He shed on the cross. Amen. I want to be rich. Well, God's got different riches. Would you stand with me, please? I know I've been hard at you. Get mad at me if you want to. But I, I, I don't want a one of you to not make heaven their home. There's enough misery in this world to do for eternity. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, in Jesus' name, you know my heart. I've delivered all that I think that I should. And Lord, I reminded what you told Nicodemus when you said you must be born again. Father, I know on my heart this morning that there are those here that need to be saved this morning. They need to be born again. I know that there are others here, Father, that have grown cold and they wish that they could change something. They wish with all their heart, I believe, Jesus, that they could start over again, that they could have that old fire and that old victory in their life and in their hearts. And I'm firmly and fully convinced this morning, Jesus, that you're more than willing to meet them at these old altars, that you're willing to change these hearts. You're open up the venues of God's love in their life and the fruit of the Spirit in their walk with you. Father, now reach down, please, and touch these hearts and these lives here this morning. Meet the needs of your children, Father. And Father, those that have never accepted Christ or Savior or that have went back from following Him, would you please bring them back in? As Heather sings, Father, may you bless her, may you bless the Word as it goes out through song. In the name of our Savior, our Lord, and the lover of our souls, Jesus Christ. Amen.
you think God is God that he's going to let you run till you get to the end of it my sincere thoughts are you don't have a leash you can run till you're totally out of the call of God think about it this morning it's a decision to serve God it's a decision you didn't come this way this morning by accident there are no accidents with God You didn't hear a salvation message this morning because of an accident. God had this service planned out when the garden was filled with Adam and Eve. God knew what would be spoken this morning. He knows all things, but He will not. I want you to understand that this morning. He will not violate your will. It's entirely up to you to come and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. These words that were spoken here this morning, they will follow you. They will follow you. Every act that we've ever done in rejection of God, I'm a firm believer, every act that we've ever done, and I base that upon the story in Luke where it talked about the rich man and Lazarus that laid at the gate. When Lazarus was in paradise and the rich man was in torment, he knew and he knew his brothers and he knew what his brothers was going to go through and he knew what hell was like and he could remember how he lived up there and as he, if it wasn't enough to remember it uh, the angel told him he said i can't come remember how you had all these things when you was here on the earth and you would not help there's a great gulf between us i firmly believe with all my heart and soul that every person that rejects Jesus Christ as their savior will one day hear in hell 
every message that was ever preached. And the biggest torment in hell to me, one of the greatest, will be the fact that I did not have to go here. I did not have to come to this awful place. It's my fault. I cannot blame God. I cannot blame Christians. I cannot blame the community or the way that I grew up. It's my fault because I was too stubborn to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. As they sing another verse, God bless you. Thank you for listening. It's not a prayer just from the lips It goes much deeper than the words It's not a worthless expression I just need to be heard Oh, but Lord, I need to reach your throne I know exactly what I'll do I'm just gonna fall down on my knees I know you will hear the pleas from the depths of my heart oh from the depths of my church folks we're going to have church if you have to leave God bless you see you back later tonight but we're not closing this service the altar is open you're dismissed please go quietly